Potty mouth. You used to hang out with Odell back yeah, then. Yeah. Potty mouth. <laughs> hey guys, uh, welcome to the Big Blue United Podcast. My name's TJ. I'm here with uh, Colin and Dan as always. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? What's going on? What's up, fellas? And as always, if you have any comments, questions, let us know at uh, BigBlueUnitedPodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. And, uh, you know, leave us a review, hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it for you guys. Also, in the Instagram bio, you can find a link to sign up for uh, Instacart um, to save yourself a trip to the grocery store. You get everything um, from your groceries to your toiletries, your, even alcohol, right to your front door. Um, it's super easy to use. You can just head over to instacart.com, shop from all your favorite retailers, browse the aisles online, shop from other national retailers. Um, it's very easy to use. Just download the app off our Instagram or off the App Store or Google Play. Um, is that what they call it, Android Google Play now? I think so. Yeah. Um, Everyone uses it. Yeah. I mean, you just uh, search for items, add it to your cart. A personal shopper will gather it for you and bring it right to your house within two hours. Um, I know when I was, before I moved, I was out in a food desert and Instacart saved my life during the quarantine because we definitely didn't want to leave the house and walk a, a great distance to the grocery store. So guys, give it a shot. Um, it's definitely worth it. And it's definitely super convenient for all your uh, shopping needs. All right. Um, Dan, why don't you let us know what's going on on the uh, Gettleman Burner account this week? Yeah, I, I mean, things have been wild. I think you guys all probably know. Uh, you've seen it all over Twitter. Uh, but in some sort of fever dream, Gettleman's really letting out his inner demons. I, I know there's been news about the Giants you know, embracing some analytics, but uh, you know, Gettleman's true feelings are really shining through um, in his tweets. So, so the one I found here is, uh, is quite poignant. He, he, Gettleman tweets, the radical general managers of teams where the crazy statistical analysis is taking place have lost control of their valuations. It wasn't supposed to be like this, but the computer nerds and finance guys got carried away and don't listen anymore. They even forced slow Andrew Barry out of Philly. I was taking a shot at the analytically focused, you know, Browns of these young gun computer calculator guys taking away his old you know, scouting uh, traditions. So again, Gettleman really letting his true colors shine through, despite whatever was perceiving as one of the best drafts he's ever had. So, poor guy. I mean, I know they just had to set up an analytics department real quick because of COVID. We read today. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite. I had to send that over to you. I'm surprised I found it before you did, Dan. Really? I mean, give it to me, man. It's all I want. Also, I'm glad you mentioned Andrew Barry because uh, we went to uh, high school with his sister-in-law. So yeah, that is true. What's up, Amber? I know you're never going to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> Very jealous um, of your so, family. It sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess the big news this week was, you know, trimming down to the 53-man roster. Um, there were some interesting cuts and, and moves the Giants made. I think um, we were all a little surprised by Connolly being off the team. Um, you know, if he's injured or he's battling injuries, um, you know, he, and he can't stay on the field, I get him not being on the team. Um, you know, maybe he's not as talented as, like, Evan Engram, who also can't stay on the field. Um, my my real thought was the Giants just didn't – the Giants coaching staff just didn't like his skill set for whatever reason, um, and they liked Devontae Downs better. I think Devontae Downs is a better uh, guy in coverage. Um, you know, no experience, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that, obviously. Um you know, other things that I thought were, were, were cool. I like that they, you know, kept only two QBs. Um, there's a lot – an extra uh, third QB is usually not necessary, especially this year when they are allowed to have more people on the practice squad. Um, so you do have Cooper Rush on the practice squad to, to bring up if, if there is an injury. Um, and I know we, we mentioned Coleman. That was a weird cut for me because he had a really good game in the last scrimmage. He seemed to be kind of stepping into his first-round pedigree. 
Um, I know maybe the Giants will re-sign him on a different structured deal when they need to, but um, keeping five wide receivers on the on the roster after they traded for Ratley this week, it's still a thin group. I know they have five more guys on the practice squad, but I I would have liked to see a couple more wideouts, um, especially like these you know spread offenses um, that the NFL is running these days. Um, I know Garrett maybe not so much that in that direction, but uh, I'd like to see more depth there. Guys, what are your thoughts on the roster cuts this week, Colin? Uh, was Ratley a, a trade? No, I think that was a free agent pickup. No, I thought they traded him for a late round pick from the Broncos. Uh, no, no, that that was no. Oh, that was the cornerback. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Isaac uh, Yayadam. That's mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what it was. Uh, which I, I don't know much bad. about him at all. I know he's from the uh, go figure the Boston area. That must be a Gettleman pick. Um, <laughs> well, of course. Okay, so Connolly and Coleman. Uh, basically, the two guys on either side of the ball that I desperately wanted them to keep on the team and of course they probably caught wind of it because they listened to the podcast and they figured well we don't like colin hart so uh i think we're gonna cut both of them anyway i thought that Connolly was cut mostly because they probably didn't think that his acl was going to heal completely in time for him to be uh dependent on uh coleman is a little bit more of a mystery for me because uh, i feel like wide receivers they go down easily and he's flashed so why not keep the guy around he can return kicks too i don't get that i hope like you said he ends up uh back on the team one way or the other they might be waiting for someone to get put on ir or whatever but yeah that was the biggest thing for me yeah i think it just goes to show you uh you know how much you can really trust reports out of camp you know everyone was if you were to read the reports everyone would say Connolly and and coleman were lighting it up um so i mean i guess Connolly is a little injured but um i think at this point, we don't know much. We just got to trust the new coaching staff and, and guys evaluating these players day to day and see where it goes. I'm not, I'm not really putting too much uh, you know, weight on, on these decisions so far. I really have no basis to. Yeah, I mean, we just have to trust, uh, trust Dave Gettleman and his infinite knowledge of, <laughs> of assembling NFL rosters. Maybe Coleman was too fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Judge probably had a lot more input than um, he's given credit for, too. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, he's ultimately going to be the leader of these men and, and, you know, bring them on the field. So I hope that, you know, he has the guys that he thinks can make the team more successful. Uh, the three of us can speculate all we want sitting here. But I think, you know, Judge Judge has the guys he thinks are going to win him the most games. So I, that's I, the I, most I, important thing. I know what it was. Neither of those players can play either offensive or defensive line. So Gettleman was just like, get off the team. <laughs> We're not hoggy enough. <laughs> yeah, they're good, good enough at special teams. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I just want to mention the team captains were picked this, this uh, week, too. And yeah. Jabril Peppers is the, one of the captains on special teams. Which, which I thought was interesting. Interesting yeah. to me, too. He's returning. Yeah. He's returning punts. Hey, I mean, yeah. he's great at it, too. Like you said, I think a couple pods ago, he's the seven, second best running back in the team. I did. That's for sure. Probably true. Probably true. Um, so if you want to talk about the last scrimmage, um, which I guess a lot of, you know, was kind of a mock practice, fourth preseason game sort of put together, I think Judge made a lot more situations than he did in the uh, scrimmage we talked about last week. Um, any thoughts on this, guys? I mean, personally, I think the O-line definitely looked better um, in the run and, and okay in pass protection, better than the last time we saw them. Um, specifically, I thought Will Hernandez was moving well. He looked athletic. He looked fast. He looked like he was making plays. So on, those, cool. on those pulls, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He was pulling, like, you know, which is, you know, the most fun thing you can do when you play football when you're a guard. And he's got uh, the yeah. neck roll going, too, which is yeah. – helps a lot i have a couple of uh i have a couple of observations that i, I wanted yeah, to, to to best with you um 
I, I I've noticed this trend that that has happened a lot with uh, sort of more athletic positions like uh, wide receivers and running backs. So like Sterling Shepard or or Saquon, they'll they'll like tuck their uh, their jersey up underneath their shoulder pads and get that midriff going. Yeah, but what I like really the... appreciate and what I like to call from now on is the Belly Boys. Is my man Nick Gates rolling that up, <laughs> letting that belly breathe? You know that adds a whole layer uh, to his personality and his tenacity. So. Shout out to the Belly Boys. I want more of that. Um, I don't know if you could do it in game. I think there's probably the refs would probably look down upon it. But if this was like 1994 and like college football, I'm all about it. Um, yeah. Another thing that I noticed in the the pre scrimmage promo is they highlighted, I, I believe, it was Blake Martinez uh, doing was become ubiquitous in sports now, and I, I I can't stand it. It seems as if the only thing athletes can say to get pumped up now is "Let's go." Yeah, <laughs> that is the lamest, most boring thing. Just yelling "Let's go!" It, it, it makes my skin crawl, and I want to abolish it. Um, it I don't know what the connotation is. It's like it's like something that like frat bros yell after they chug a, like a, a Coors Light or something. But it's <laughs> like, come on, there got to be something uh, better yeah, than I "Let's prefer, go." I prefer "Fire it up," frankly. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. just me. That's more Wait, creative. Dan, was that when he, he did that into the camera and then Julian Love was just like, what was no, that? I have no, no, that was something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, so oh, that was that funny was, too. That was <laughs> funny too. Um, a little bit of what I just uh, noticed from what I watched is that uh, what I'm excited about is, you know, hearkening back to the old school days of uh, the power running game. Using the fullback more, I think they're just trying to, to bash the ball, uh, and I like that a lot. Darnay Holmes looked great again. Darnay Holmes pops off the screen. Yeah, he, well... Yeah, and you know, I, one thing that weirded me out, and I don't hope we don't see it at all, is Saquon and the Wildcat. I didn't like that one bit. I mean, it, it, someone made a comment on Twitter of calling it the Nittany Lion. I don't want a name for it. I don't want him doing it. I, it's it's a fad. That, like maybe if, in some random scenario where like no one sees it coming, then sure. Do but, you think the Wildcat uh, exposes him to more injury or? Uh, I guess I don't know. I get. I don't know why it worries me, but it does. It it should only be used in a situation where no one sees it coming at all. Almost as if uh, he's not the only one behind center, and he is in a shotgun formation, and he gets the snap, if it's going to go like that. Did he throw any passes last year? No, no. No. I Wait. thought he might have. I, I was I was trying to look up the stat, and I just didn't get in, in, in there in time. But I, I don't think, think he so. threw a couple passes. I don't remember. But I think you got to be open to the Wildcat. I think if only... If they install a wildcat package, that's something else that defense has to prepare for every week. That's fair. So if fair they show enough. that, you know that that's something else that that will you know divide some of their attention. Um, and if if you think it's exposes them to injury, then I get that. But yeah. he's the best athlete on the team. Like let's let's use him. You know. Of course. What about the uh, couple fun special teams trick plays? Oh, well, I mean, that... Bradley, Bradley Dixon has a, has an arm, huh? Uh, that I mean, when I was watching that, I was thinking, all right, our head coach is a special teams guy. That's his baby. Can we expect some actual fun stuff out of that? Uh, oh, yeah. That, like, I mean, every, every once in a while. I mean, remember back in the day, Parcells used to pull that stuff out because he was a special teams guy, too. People forget that. So it's like, I want that to be, you know, in fashion for us again. I think so, man. I think you got to take advantage of every opportunity. I love seeing yeah. that. Uh, obviously, Devontae Downs was all over the field again. Gallman is catching passes, which is weird to me. And uh, the one person that ended up on the 53 that I wasn't sure deserved it until he made the one catch was C.J. Board. He had that, that touchdown catch was absurd. If he can do that often, then great. But uh, 
yeah, that's how I, I figured about the, the scrimmage. It, it seemed to be shortened for the sake of it, almost like they didn't want to show too much. Uh, I think it was generally just like, you know, to evaluate the young guys. I mean, I think yeah. I only saw Daniel Jones and Saquon in there briefly. So by young guys, everyone on the team. <laughs> well, I, I will say this about Daniel Jones. I, I got excited because you know why? He had moments where he looked positively Colt McCoy-esque. It was oh. it was amazing, <laughs> and, and I just now I'm ready to hit, get the season and face those Steelers right now. Oh yeah, Dylan Jones no. is taking the step. He did it. So <laughs> let me ask you guys a question: If like um, if you could pick any giant from like the last ten seasons to to add to the team right now, who who would you pick, Colin? Well, he's going to be the unsexiest pick of all time, but oh boy, do we miss him, and, and you can't say you don't, and that's uh, Mr. Swiss Army Knife himself, David Deal. Uh, yeah. We haven't had that one offensive lineman that has really shined in multiple positions since him, and it's such a rare thing nowadays anyway, but th- what gives me a little bit of uh, hope is that it seems that they're they're pushing for this line at least to be as versatile as possible. I know that we beat that term to death, but that that it's a great thing if it works. And uh, he was great. That that line in 2007 was incredible. Uh even uh 2011 too, but he was just he was like one of my favorite players of that whole era and we, we could use him right now. Yeah. For me, I think the player that I would most like to see besides Odell Beckham um is JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, I think peak Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, maybe not right now, but even right now, I'd like to see him on the team, but peak Jason Pierre-Paul. When he Pierre had all his, all his fingers, you mean? When he had all his fingers and was backflipping down the field, was one of the scariest people in the, in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball, uh, how he affected the game in the run, in the pass, knocking down passes. I, it was like every game for a while there, he was, he was knocking down passes at line of scrimmage. He had interceptions. Um, yeah. Just a real force um, on, on the line of scrimmage on the defensive side would be awesome. And I think he could even play in a, in a 3-4 like this as, as sort of – he was big enough. He could hold the edge. He could yeah. he could get you know pressure from the inside and the outside. So uh, sure. tr- old-school JPP would be my pick easily. Yeah, I, I don't – this is hard for me because I, I, I want to pick like a pass rusher like OC probably, but I don't think he would really exceed as, as well as he did in this in this uh, 3-4. I know when he played in Atlanta those last two years, he did stand up a, l- a little bit, and he had seven and a half sacks like the first year he played there. But I think just you'd have to go with like Kareem McKenzie or, or Chris Snee. Maybe Kareem, Kareem McKenzie may, might not be the last 10 seasons, but – um, like a guy, you know, Chris Nee was super great at guard and interior lineman for them for so long. I, I, I would probably go with him. I mean, we all look back, and I know you just mentioned that that the offensive line the Giants used to have, um, they were together for a lot of years and how oh. great they were. If, if if this line can come, you know, three quarters to how good that one was, we'll be set up for success for a while. So I'd probably go with with the Chris Nee for sure. Giants Fair need enough. need all the help they can on the offensive line. That's for sure. Saying it for um, years. You know, and you know now that we've uh, we, we we've seen the roster cuts, the, the depth charts out. Any any surprises on the depth chart for you guys? Uh, well, I, I thought it was a little interesting because I mean, just taking a quick look at it, for whatever reason, Marcus Golden is the second uh, 
outside linebacker and uh, behind Lorenzo Carter. I think a lot of this is just putting names in spots, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, They're going to flip those guys around a lot. There's going to be a lot of different packages. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Devontae Downs being being one of the starters, I think that's going to end up being the case. I mean, just because of how well he's played in camp, like we said, that's pretty great. Um, It's sort of crazy that uh, in the wide receiver depth chart, we have two wide receivers on the depth chart on the IR, um, David Sills and Cody Core. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully they're not on the IR for long, but yeah. that's, that's sort of disturbing. Then the only... They got a lot of young dudes on the practice squad that they can bring up. And I, and I think, sure. you know, the NFL's made it a lot easier to deal with the practice squad this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's actually even a rule where, you know, other teams can't just sign your, your guys off right away like they used to be able to. So, yeah. you know, it is a little bit of an insurance policy. I know a lot of those guys are young, but I really just need to see Benjamin Victor get popped up because i just love how his name is spelled it's very good <laughs> very awesome for me bin uh so i mean in terms of the depth chart um not too many surprises um for me i, I think it was you know kind of what we all expected um Connolly being one of the exceptions i think we all thought he was you know basically penciled in to be the other starter um next to blake martinez he's not even on the team anymore as we mentioned so I'm just happy to see, you know, um, the, the cornerbacks. Darnay Holmes is going to be in the slot, and, and I think the, the safeties look good. I don't know. I'm, I think the depth chart is, is what we thought it would be, Dan. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot thinner than we thought it would be. Um, you know, Nate Ebner is the backup strong safety, um, yeah, which isn't great. Um, He's a hell of a rugby player. Yeah, yeah, sure, we got that. Yeah. But um, I think I think it, we are a little thin on quality. Uh, it's nice to see uh, Shane Lemieux at both left and right guard backup. Um, but, you know, for all, all the moves we made and everything, I am very worried about injuries with this team. I, not that, you know, we're uh, an injury away from, from making it somewhere, but we're also an injury away from having a really brutal product on the field. So hopefully these guys can, can stay healthy, uh, as always, and, and I think we'll have a you know, fun team to watch. And, um you know, look out for those players that we highlighted before, like Darnay Holmes and um, a few of the other guys. So, you know, we, it is what it is at this point, and and hopefully someone will emerge. I mean, yeah, we just I just want to see Holmes and, and Carter just do something this year. That, yeah. that would be great, and I think they can. So those are those are you know cool starters to have. I'm glad young guys are stepping up at least so far. They haven't played any real games. Yeah. Um, so if we want to talk about really you know the the, the seasons coming up, the um, Giants play the Steelers um, Monday the 14th. Um, that game's gonna be great. Um, what what games are you guys looking forward most to this year? It, for me, it's definitely the first and last game of the year. I mean, I really am looking forward to seeing this team for the first time with Judge and all these young guys go against the Steelers, who you know didn't have a great season last year. Um, but Big Ben is back, um, which changes the whole dynamic. You know, T.J. Watt is like a really great player going against some of these young guys on our line. That's gonna really be an interesting. Um, you know, matchup for me. And then uh, the other game I really want to see is the last game of the year against the Cowboys, which is always like a super great game whenever they play them. Um, Hopefully there's playoff implications. I hope either the Giants beat them and sneak in, or they can manage to beat the Cowboys and and prevent them from going in, which is uh, just as good, really, (laughs) if you think about it. Um, And I guess the only other game that I'm really looking forward to is uh, when they play the Bucks, just because I want to see someone in a Giants uniform tackle Tom Brady behind the line. 
yeah, that's about it. Colin, what do you got? What do you think? Uh, well, I've I've got interesting reasons for for my picks. I didn't want to go the typical route of you know anybody in the NFC East. That's just obvious. But um, this new stadium that the uh, the Rams and the the Chargers are opening up. So against the Rams, I'm, I'm meaning for this. I I, I want to see that place. I love stadiums. That's just like a. I don't know why I love that kind of stuff. The architecture of it, I think it's going to be insane. Uh, and you know, the Rams are pretty interesting to watch maybe they'll have a bit of a bounce back here from what they had last year which was a bit of a letdown um and i just really after i i wanted dwayne haskins in the draft i have grown to dislike him greatly and i just want to smash him up if he ends up starting for them although in that same wavelength i hope there's comeback player of the year alex smith sighting too because that's just a great story fair enough Fair enough. Yeah. Just uh, getting a little weird. Yeah. Just get weird with it, man. <laughs> I don't know that you'll see Alex Smith, but... Uh, yeah, probably not. The, uh, the game that I'm most looking forward to, uh, partially because I don't know how many games of theirs I'll be able to see, but I really want to see the Cardinals, I think. Uh, that team is really exciting and could be an indication of where... You know, this sounds stupid, but of where the game is going. Um, they just have so many playmakers and so many fun players. Um that it'll be awesome to, to see how the Giants and their their new team essentially stacks up against what we'll be seeing in the years to come. Um, you know, there's no you know divisional implications in that game, but uh, it'll it'll just be cool to see two very young teams, you know, aside from Larry Fitzgerald, um, match up and 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 two young coaches at that match up. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any opinions on the Cardinals? Because I think they're sort of a, a hot team in the NFL in general. Um, I mean, you know, that probably if, if Murray takes the next step, they'll definitely be fun, more fun to watch an offense than they have been in recent years. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about their defense, but when you have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, I think uh, Kyler's going to probably have a much easier time this year than they did last time. Their de- defense has got Isaiah Simmons, the most oh, yeah. exciting defensive yeah, yeah. player in their draft last year. So yeah. the, the guy that could play you know, outside linebacker, but also runs a four, three forty. Uh, you know, he's, what is he? Six crazy three? athlete. Um, it's wild stuff. So let's see what kind of havoc you can wreak. But, uh, I, I think it's an interesting matchup. I, I have a, a bit of skin in the game. I, I realized in TJ and I's, uh, college fantasy league that I have about four Cardinals. So I guess I'm just going to be really watching oh, all of them. <laughs> yeah, well, most of them are on the bench, and it's just kind of like running backs and wide receivers to kind of fill things out. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's got they got a lot of good skill players that are going to be interesting to watch. And of course, I mean, Lair Fitzgerald just uh, going for it and being classiest that. man of all oh, time. It's it's great to watch him still do it. You know, he's he's going to be in the Hall of Fame as soon as he takes the helmet <laughs> off. Pretty much. I think I think they might have a couple problems on the offensive line just because I know that one of the one of their starting tackles arms are really short. Oh. So I hope that he could compete against uh, hold you know, on, hold on. more premier pass rushers in the league. Hold on. I have to take a quick nap right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. This week we're joined by Ian, founder of Big Blue United, the website that gives you this amazing podcast you're listening to right now and has been providing awesome Giants news for the fans for, uh, I believe, over what? Well, we'll find out right now. Ian, welcome to the show. Uh, hey, guys. <laughs> so glad to have you on right now. I, I know this answer, but you know, I, I felt like we should give you the uh, opportunity to uh, sort of describe you know, the, the beginning, early days of Big Blue United, um, sort of what 
uh, inspired you to start the the site in the first place and, and maybe how it evolved over the years and into this culminating point and I, I assume the 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 website's uh history of of you know bringing on this amazing podcast that you're guesting on right now so uh <laughs> take it away yeah so big blue united started back in 2009 it was started actually as in reese we trust um back when people loved reese for the good five-year window that everyone <laughs> loved him <laughs> and then days. it went straight downhill from there but we knew going in or i knew going in that that was going to be the uh, interim name until I found something that I thought was going to be a long lasting, something that would bring Giants fans together, hence Big Blue United. And I think there's there's a, a time and a, a place every year, it seems like we just need to come together and unite as one. There's just too much hatred, too much, uh, so much compassion in New York. Everyone really needs to have that unity of one fan base one voice um so big blue united was became the the true name of the site about five years or so into this um and i created the site basically because i'm like most diehard fans someone who goes to espn giants.com the post the news every website there is to find every piece of content and i said why isn't there one place that holds all of this information and just links out as one main vehicle. And since there wasn't something that had that, I created it. So that was the reason it all was put together, including salary cap data, a store, tickets, all of that. And now really the main vehicle is social media. So that's really where it's, it's come full circle. And that's where everyone wants wants it to be. So that's where we're focusing our attention. And the podcast is now the uh, the the big hot ticket item that we <laughs> wanted to do. And you guys have uh, taken it strong for us. That's awesome. Uh, well, obviously, we are so appreciative of the opportunity, of the opportunity to do this uh, with you guys. It's, it's been awesome. It's like we said in the first episode. This is a dream of ours, and. Um, you know, our, our idea, obviously, as a pod, is for the fans by the fans. But it's it's awesome that you know, as you described the mission of the Big Blue, Big Blue United site initially was, you know, uniting Giants fans behind our common cause. And I also like sort of like maybe the the underlying meaning of uniting all the news in one spot. Um, it's just great because we all did the rounds. I know Colin did the rounds for, uh, you know, just hitting up the Giants.com and then, you know, flipping around to ESPN, Yahoo, all of it, and just having the best of the best in one spot um, translates awesome to social media landscape. Yep. And I'd say the, the other biggest hurdle that I found was, you know, social media wasn't a, a, a big thing really until a couple years into this. And what I found was that it's just, there's either one end of the eye, one end of the spectrum or the other. It's, you're either a big homer or you just, everything is anti-giant and yet you say you're a Giants fan, but everything is negative from yeah. day one. And there's no middle ground. I, I wanted to bring something to the table that was just real. No homers, no uh, just, you know, attacking, you know, everything someone says. It's the reality of what the giant team is, good or bad. If Eli Manning doesn't, you know, play well, he throws a bad interception, let him hear it. Like no one is against ridicule. And at the same time, you give him the same praise if he plays well, whomever it may be. And that was something that was important to us. So, um, and that has has not changed since day one. 
Totally. That's the, the yin and the yang of, of fandom. And I feel like we sort of personify that here on, on the podcast a little bit. Um, you know, you want someone to you know tell you it's going to be okay, but you want someone else to tell you that you're not crazy for thinking the team is garbage. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I, you got to speak honestly about the team. Like you look at a team today and you see like everyone wants to, you know, think that the team is going to be great. They're going to be 10 and six. 12 and four, but the reality situation is if they're 10 and six, 12 and four, it was a miraculous season going into it with a rookie head coach, a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator. Only, I think it's only 15 players that have been on the team for three plus years now during Gettleman's regime. There is so much transition that has transpired over this, just the current tenure, not even from Reese to Gettleman. It's just Gettleman. Yeah. that I, you just want to stay real. I, I, and I don't, I, I don't want to deviate from that because I, I think that's what majority of fans really want to hear from Giants fans and people running pages, sites like this, podcasts like this. I couldn't agree any more than that. I mean, I, I can be blamed as Dan and TJ know pretty well is that I, I, I had the, the, the blue, blue rose colored glasses on <laughs> for far too many years without even thinking about negative things happening you never man come on (laughs) but you know i've had to go the last 10 years have kind of set me straight i mean i had to i had to basically take a step back and realize that my weeks weren't going to be ruined by this team losing badly anymore and when i when i figured that out it was the best thing i could possibly do and now i can have a better viewpoint on it all there there is something to be said about like you, you you take it to one step of when the Giants are good, you have everyone tuning in. When the Giants are bad, there's a good shot. You have still have everyone tuning in because they want to address what's negative about the team. But when they're in the middle, when they're a six to eight win team, when they're showing signs of life, that's when, to me, you find all the true diehards that are really there, that are every week, when you know they're not going to be a playoff team, but they're tuning in to every play, every snap, Every practice, what's happening, that to me is what separates like the, the true, true blue fans in this in the tri-state area. I agree. I feel like that's also uh, sort of a metric that I use for uh, sort of how I feel about other fan bases. So, you know, I, I hate the Cowboys and I hate the Eagles, but for some reason I don't hate them as much as I hate the Patriots because – that Patriot fan base, you know, our cohort, uh, you know, people in their 20s and 30s, you know, never saw losing football ever. And their frame of reference is so out of whack. Like, I respect Cowboys and Eagles and Jets fans because, you know, they had tumultuous, you know, years. But uh, mm-hmm. those Patriots fans, I have no sympathy for. I'll take, I'll take a different view on that one. I have no respect for Cowboys fans. I have less respect for the Eagles fans. <laughs> Redskins are just indifferent to me because they're usually who? irrelevant. Yeah, what team? <laughs> yeah. What oh, team? yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I don't even know who their team is anymore. Yeah, they don't have, they're, te- they're nameless. So then going back to the Patriots. So the Patriots are, some, are, are a team that I differ on the view than most everyone, where I, I love the Patriots. I think they're great. Belichick's given the Giants four Super Bowls, two as a coach of that team, two as a coach of our team. You're not lying. I have, I have nothing against them. Tom Brady's been wonderful to us Giants fans. The only time I was upset with Tom Brady was when he didn't beat Nick Foles. That 
still pisses me off. <laughs> I could not like root for anyone that game. I actually thought I, I maybe ended up rooting for the Eagles more than the Patriots, but I, I was wishing more for like um, the second Batman movie thing where Bane like destroys the football field. That would have been like the more positive outcome. <laughs> oh, oh, and the, everybody. And, and the most unrealistic thing of Heinz Ward returning a kick for a touchdown. <laughs> was he? He was in that. No, he, he was yeah, the guy was, running dude. the ball. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hardly. Great blocker, though. He was the only player left living. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what do do we think for the Giants uh, this this year? What's our? I know Ian. You already said you think. uh, What was it? Six and ten. Um, Colin and Dan, where do you guys well, land? No, on I think that? I think Ian was saying, you know, that's that's the the rose colored glasses perspective. I see. I want yeah, I want okay, to get the uncut uh, opinion from Ian. I, I I do think this is a six and ten season for the Giants. I'm being realistic here. I think it's going to be a lot of learnings that are happening with Joe Judge. I love everything that I've seen from Joe Judge. I think he has, I, I think he has the right mindset for a team in New York. He doesn't care what the media thinks. He doesn't care about the, what the fans think. He will do how whatever he feels he thinks is going to improve this team, regardless of what negative attention he gets for it. And I love that about him. That's an old school mentality that he's bringing little Bill Parcells-ish, Bill Belichick-ish. I I think that's great. But reality is it's a whole new team, a whole new scheme, offense and defense. I think Jason Garrett is probably the best hire of the entire offseason. I think the team is going to excel on offense in spurts. But again, these this offensive line, which everyone seems to just say is going to be better, has one rookie on the left. We assume Fleming's going to be on the right, and we don't know for how long. And he is a, basically a journeyman right tackle. He's, he's solid, but you know, is he that much better than Mike Remmers? We don't know. Um, and you have Nick Gates, who has never taken an, an NFL snap at center in a real game. So – there's a lot of question marks on the O-line. I think long-term, there's a lot of potential. But this year, in going right off week one with T.J. Watt coming in, yeah. who I wouldn't shock me if T.J. Watt is the sack leader in the NFL this year. That's how mm-hmm. talented he is. And that's week one. And wherever he lines up on the field, it's Fleming or, or Thomas. So I think immediately he is going to be hit. The Daniel Jones, he's going to be hit, and he's going to be hit often. But I love what Jones brings to the table, and I think he's, I think he's going to excite fans, and I think he's going to improve. And, and to me, for the season outlook, if Jones improves, Barkley stays healthy and has a, a tremendous season, that's going to excite me for the long haul. And I think if Jones does improve, a lot of it's going to have to do with the O-line and the growth of it over the year. And then I just need to see what this defense can do. I need to see Lorenzo Carter turn into a legitimate pass rusher. I need yeah. to see Zimenez take the next step. I need to see Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence, huh. I'm now thinking Cowboys. <laughs> you'll, you'll see Demarcus Lawrence, Lawrence too. Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> he, he sees us enough. But Dexter Lawrence, to me, is the key to the entire defense. I think he has all pro potential. And I, I just want to see it happen. I, and that was the, and to me, because I still love Odell as much as there's so much hatred around him. That to me was the key piece of that entire trade. It wasn't Jabril Peppers. It was that pick. And I think we could start moving in the direction where it's like finally moving on from Odell because still the Odell talk is just rampant to this day. 
And I think Lawrence can really take that step and become a legitimate force on defense. So I, I don't know if it's going to happen overnight. I'm very skeptical of that, but six and 10, I think isn't a bad thing. It's bad no. for Gettleman, but I think from <laughs> the future of the Giants and Joe Judge and the growth of this team, it's not. I think it's, I think it's a good situation to be in. Well, Odell Beckham was, uh, was a little playing a little crappy anyway. So, you know, it's good <laughs> to be moved on from him really. <laughs> um, we're, we're, what I, I mean, I, when I look at the schedule, I, I think the Giants could probably win eight games, eight games this year. Um, I think that's maybe the ceiling. Maybe a wild card berth could could be the ceiling of this team. That being said, I think six games is probably more realistic. Um, what I really am looking forward to is hopefully the Giants getting a win against the Cowboys and the Eagles. It's been since what 2016. If they could do that, I'll be happy. You know, I just want to see some positive strides. I think you made a lot of good points about the offensive line and Jones. Um, he needs to get the ball out quicker. I think we saw that a little bit in the, in the last scrimmage, as, as we're going to mention or mention before. And, um, you know, I, I, I just don't think, you know, saying they can't make a playoffs is totally unreasonable. I, I like to, I, I'm usually a little more skeptical, but I do like what I've been seeing from the defense. And, and I do, you know, like – you know, having Saquon on the team, healthy Saquon, it's a whole other dynamic than it was last year. And, you know, now you have Wayne Gallman having two touchdown uh, games and stuff. So <laughs> I think the run game can be good. I think the, you know, the young guys in pass blocking are always, you know, pick up run uh, protection a lot better than pass protection. So I think a lot of, you know, Jones is going to be running for his life. You're right. But I hope that, you know, the adjustments are made as the season goes on and the Giants, you know, can, you know, I think, I think we'll all be happy if there's positive movement in any, you know, more wins will be good. And I think that's all you need to prove, especially rookie head coach and in, in a weird, unprecedented season like, you know, we're going to have this year. Um, Colin, what do you think? Well, uh, I had, I don't know if you guys ever remember me saying this. I think it's gone back many years now. I, I, I've come to the point in my Giants fandom where I like to set myself up for pleasant surprises. So anything positive that happens is just icing on the cake. And I, I'm kind of along the same wavelength of around 6 and 10 myself, actually. In years past, I might think it would be better than that. I think a miracle would be 8 and 8 and sneaking into the playoffs. Uh, the talent's there. The chemistry, I think, is the biggest thing to be built before they can do anything. Uh, putting it together, you know, it, it's going to take a little while. If it happens this year, it will be incredible and probably a bit of a result of how crazy of a year that this league is looking at. Like who knows what's going to happen in terms of who's going to, who's going to come down with something, who's going to get injured, who's going to get injured on other teams that affect us positively. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm just happy football's back and I hope it continues to be back <laughs> for the whole season. I think, I, I, I think the six and 10, a lot of people will be down about that, but my feeling about the six and 10 is I, I don't want to be blown out of games. Like we yeah. have year after year. That's the big difference that I want to see from this team. I want to be in games at the end. If they're in games where we don't have the talent that competes with other teams, I think that will separate us from what these other past teams were under Shermer. And that I think is a very important piece of the puzzle this year. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, and I think especially the Giants dropped a lot of games in the fourth quarter because the defense was gassed by then because the offense was, you know, basically inept. Um, but, but you know, if we look at the division last year, you know, the Eagles won at 9-7, and seven, the Cowboys were 8-8. Eight and eight. So the Giants, you know, those teams haven't improved that much. Um, 
I'm not a big fan of Mike McCarthy, so I'm, I'm interested to see Dallas this year. But, um, you know, I, I think if the if the records are, you know, somewhat similar, it's definitely a competitive competitive division, and there's and it's a low-competition low, low competition division. So the Giants do, do have, a t- have a chance to do something, I think. I, I think the philosophy that Garrett had, it, even though it failed miserably over and over because he just couldn't coach for, as a head coach perspective in the last two minutes of any game in his life, I, I think the philosophy of focusing on the running game when you have a horse, where like Zeke was a tremendous asset, is a tremendous asset for the Cowboys, but Saquon is, takes it to a whole nother level. This is, not, this is a talent that really, if you can imagine, he truly is by far the most talented running back in the league, and he just needs an offensive coordinator that will unleash him. In the passing game, in the run game, you use his strengths accordingly, where Shermer just failed to, to do so on an uh, – game after game and Barkley a lot of times just did a lot of his big big uh gains on his own off of his own effort rather than the scheme itself so I think Garrett is going to be a massive massive piece of the puzzle for this offense and for Saquon in particular yeah I I I agree with some of the stuff you guys are saying Uh, I also disagree I think it's funny that all three of you came in at a six and ten record um (laughs) I said eight and eight man (laughs) oh eight and eight that's right that that makes even more sense (laughs) Um, but this, you know, this probably distills our, our differing viewpoints on, on this team. And, and, you know, Colin doesn't want to set himself up for failure, but he chose six wins, which would be, you know, a huge win in my book. Um, looking at the schedule, um, they're going to go 0 and 20, right, Dan? If possible. Yeah. No, I, I think (laughs) to be honest, I'm not trying to be divisive here, but I think four wins would be good. I think that they think they should win probably three games. And I think they can definitely steal a game. But there's a lot of things we're looking at. I, we talked about it early in, in the preview. I think the type of coach that Judge is, though I like a lot of the stuff I'm seeing, I really think that when push comes to shove, the team needs to buy in and they need to believe in his coaching style. And all points indicate that they're doing so. But the amount of moving pieces, the amount of player turnover, the amount of coaching staff turnover is going to be a, a huge thing to overcome um, The Giants also have a super difficult schedule. It's the fifth hardest uh, schedule um, in the league this year. Um, so we're not getting any breaks, um, starting off with, uh, Pittsburgh, who's going to have, who has the number three rated defense in the league. They are testing a young, a new system offense. Um, and and I feel like Ian touched on it before. Right. And I think everyone sort of did. You you just want to see a little bit of improvement. Ian wants to see, Eli improve. I mean, not Eli. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be. Wow. Daniel Jones. Oh, hey now. Hey now. And Saquon, you know, take the next step. Um, that'll excite him. What'll excite me is I feel like in the past, you know, six, seven years, watching Giants has been a painful experience. Even when they won games, it wasn't like fun. It was like they gutted him out and barely gave him away, like almost gave him away at the very end. I would like to see the style change. I like to see some more excitement and camaraderie on the sidelines and put out a, a fun product to watch where they are hanging in, in tough games and, and maybe almost beating teams that they shouldn't beat. And, and, I'll, and I'll take that loss as a win. Um, so I think you guys all started getting the same thing as far as this is a young team They're you know, maybe we won't say rebuilding, but they are rebuilding and every sort of definition of that term. Um, and I would love to see a, a fun product and guys that are excited to go out and play and, and wear that blue uniform. 
Yeah, and there you have it. You know, the Giants are probably going to win somewhere between zero and 16 games this year. So we know that, we know that much, at least. <laughs> so I think uh, you know, with that, we should probably just say, you know, thanks to Ian for coming on. You are welcome anytime, anytime, anything that comes on, emergency podcast, whatever, just give us a shout. Um, your Giants knowledge is incredible, and we'd love to talk Giants with you anytime, obviously. So, so thanks so much for coming out, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's fun. Yeah, thanks, Ian. So, guys, if if the Giants end up having a, a terrible season, I know Dan, you uh, you already did this last year, but uh, if if we're gonna have to kind of give up on, on on any winning or, or any positive movement forward, um, who who's the team that you guys were like gonna root for secondly, Colin? Uh, I. It actually took me a little bit of figuring this out because I, I just, I don't know. It, it's so hard for me to root for anybody other than the Giants in this league. I just, I don't know. It, I don't, I can't get behind much, but I like the Titans. I like, it's kind of an old school team. I mean, I'm not a huge Vrabel guy, uh, but, you know, I, I love watching them run the ball for obvious reasons. They can do it well. And um, their defense is, has been decent the last couple of years. And to see uh, Ryan Tannehill kind of go from the, trash heap to being somewhat decent in the uh i guess in the same wavelength as um what's his name from the from the ravens so that I'm, I'm i'm blanking on his name right now from back in the day game manager quarterback trent dilfer trent dilfer, trent dilfer. yes he's a Brad bit he's Johnson, got, Bebu, Bebu. yeah he's got a bit of trent dilfer in him but Tannehill with a little is so mo- much more athletic though well yes yes <laughs> but you know what i mean with that like just yeah. do enough to not yeah. screw the game up and and i just i like that they went on a run last year in the playoffs that was kind of cool to watch so i know, think they're really funny smart you brought team. that up yeah because like it's so funny just to think about how much the nfl has changed from a super bowl where trent dilfer is going up against carrie collins yeah. And what what world would that ever happen again? You know, it's all it was all defense. You know, it's oh, funny. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Um, Dan, who who do you who who's your team? I think we are know who you're going to say. Yeah, and, I uh, mean, the, again, this is you know the internet's buzzing with you know my true fandom of the Giants due to my outspoken uh, adoption last year of the Cleveland Browns. But that is my second team at this point. I I felt very strongly that they won the Odell um, Olivia Vernon trade. Um, I also liked a lot of the stuff they were doing uh, as far that's a, that's as nonsense. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was, I think that's still up for debate. Um, I also love Baker. I still love Odell Beckham. I think their defense uh, maybe not shouldn't be as good as it was last year, but they are. Um, uh, I think potentially a, a really strong defense this year with getting a lot of additions back from injury. Um, and they're just a, they last year was an anomaly, and I also don't like rooting for teams that are supposed to be really good, which seems like something that TJ has no problem with. Uh, well, I mean, okay, there's a reason. So I know it is like really bandwagon, but I will 100% root for the Ravens as I have for my favorite AFC team always. Um, but they're my dad's favorite team, um, so that has something to do with it, even though my dad used to be a Jets fan. I was just about to say. Decided not to root for the Jets because he hated Rex Ryan so much and then never went back. And it's all because he worked at New Rochelle School when Ray Rice was going to high school there. And, you know, I know Ray Rice is a pretty controversial guy. My dad had, like, two of his jerseys that he cut the nameplates off of, you know, (laughs) so so he could still wear them to games. I since bought him a Suggs jersey, which I think you can just wear forever. Sort of like buying a Strahan jersey, you know. Yeah, Suggs is the man. But, yeah, I mean, um, also Ed Reed is, like, my favorite uh, non-giant of all time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 
I know it sounds silly because they're such a great team and they're probably, you know, going to go take a deep playoff run if Lamar Jackson plays, you know, three quarters as, as, a, as good as he did last year. But that, that's a team I've been rooting for for a long, long time other than the Giants. So super fun stick football with team, man. And like, yeah. that's Absolutely. what we're talking about, like a team you want to watch that's going to do cool stuff every week, like super creative. Just offensive scheming, defense is dominant no matter who's on the side. It, it's, they're a great team, without a doubt. Yeah, I like, mean, and, and I know, Dan, that you love love coaching that adjusts, uh, you know, to the players and makes the game plan based around the players and doesn't try to fit these guys into places they don't belong, and that's something the Ravens did super well last year. I yeah, thought. I mean, I love coaching that doesn't make me want to put my head through a wall, so, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of crappy wide receivers on the Browns, though. You got to watch out for that, man. I don't know. But is it the number one or the number two receiver you're talking about? I, think, I don't. You know, I, I think he's the number one, but he might be the number two this year. Uh, yeah, I think we'll he's going to take a big Cleveland steamer, to be honest with you guys. Uh, I don't we'll, know. We'll uh, we'll see. That that wide we'll receiver situation is just a mess. I think they made a real mess there. A real big mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One one that might not be recovered from. I believe. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll on, on a little more of a, a somber note. Unfortunately, I, I come a lot to, more somber uh, note. Yeah, a lot more somber. Uh, it seems that um, uh, Michael Strahan's father, Gene, passed uh, today. I believe at eighty-three. Uh, and condolences out to the Strahan family. Of course, uh, once a giant, always a giant. And uh, it's ha- sad to hear that sort of thing. So, hope they're love you, up. Mikey. Yeah, love you, Michael. Forever. Big Blue Forever. United. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. And uh, then that, that's all for us tonight, guys. Um, thanks again for listening to us. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please shoot us an email, bigblueunitedpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll see you next week and hopefully have a have a win to talk about. We'll see. What's your prediction? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, mm, I, I'm going to – you know what? I, I don't – know if the Giants are going to win, but I'm going to say the Giants are going to win. But let's let's say 21-17. Colin, just give me the score right now. Uh, 21-17 steals. Nice. No. I got I have 26-12 Steelers. All right, good night. Good night, guys. <laughs>